0: Grass Rude Comedy
1: Grasscast
0: Talking about important stuff and hopefully making you laugh and if you don't laugh, well at least you learned about something important. If you don't care about that, well, that's on you. (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome to the GrassCast. We are the official podcast of Grassroots Comedy, a nonprofit based in DC that educates and engages through comedy. Today, we have an amazing show for you. Uh, we are gonna be talking about Habitat for Humanity, which is arguably really the most important habitat uh, that we as humans would say there is because, well, it seems, I guess, self-serving and that's that's the kind of people we are, creatures we are, right? Uh, so anyway, it, it is going to be a great show. We have uh, a guest lined up for interviewing and we also have our amazing co-hosts, Laura and Scott. They're here right Hi. now. Hey Scott. Well, here. This hey, is going to be an awesome show. We
2: have Kat who's an amazing person to tell us about Habitat of Humanity.
3: Cat is not a cat. She's a human. Yeah. Because Uh, cats cats have habitats. And I would argue the most important habitat in my house. I have a bearded dragon. And her habitat needs to be, you know, 100 Mm. degrees on one side, 60 degrees on the other. It's got to be real.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, that sounds Diverse. difficult, difficult to replicate in it's an like environment that is not natural. Yeah, it's exactly like a BLT. That's, that's what I was about to say. Um, that's what I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, good question, Laura. No, she is a person. She is not a cat. She is a human being. And um, yeah. I am excited to chat with her because I I would like to know more about Habitat for Humanity and uh, what they do and uh, how we can help. If we agree with the work they're doing, maybe she'll come on and she'll be like, you know what? Habitat for Humanity, we actually are all for rich people. And what we want to do is take away homes from the poor and give to the rich. And we'll say, well, I'm confused.
3: Like a reverse Robin Hood,
0: right? (laughs) Like a reverse, maybe Habitat for Humanity is just a reverse Robin Hood, and they have uh just really good marketing that makes themselves seem like the opposite. I don't think that's true, uh, I I don't think that's true at all. But I'm just saying, we're gonna 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 learn a lot, we're gonna learn a lot, is what I'm saying. I
2: I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna help them find a replacement for Jimmy Carter as well because he's gonna be passing soon if he hasn't already.
0: Yep, yep, yeah, through that.
3: They need a new spokesperson.
0: Uh, I have been researching people that could potentially replace him, actually. I, and I think there's some good candidates out there. Who do you guys think might be a good replacement for Jimmy Carter?
2: Um, someone named Jimmy.
0: Okay. All right. We're going to stick with the Jimmys. Stick with what we know. What do you think, um, Laura?
3: If we can't get Kermit the Frog, because yeah. he's a really awesome Muppet, um, mm-hmm. I would say Jennifer Coolidge.
0: Hmm. Okay. All right. What Jennifer you Coolidge. Interested? Um, I, I don't know. This is a tough one. Honestly, I would I would also vote Kermit um if he was available. But yeah, I see he's got a busy schedule. Uh I'm gonna go with Owen Wilson on this one because he seems very chill. And I also think it might be interesting to see how he's different. From Jennifer Coolidge, if like they were both competitors, or maybe they could work alongside each other because they both do the yeah. wow thing, you know. Um wow. wow.
3: That
1: sounded that sounded wow. so good. Well,
3: we'll right. see if we can use our connections and get them to, yeah. to jump in. That would be yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. Special.
0: yeah. yeah, let's try and make that happen sometime in the next hour. Uh, because we are about to start this interview. Um Woo-hoo. Well, I agree, Scott. I think it is time to start the interview. So why don't we give Kat a call and get it rolling? You guys ready? Sounds good. All right, let's do it. All right, so we are ready to chat with Kat Schaub, who is the Vice President of Development with Habitat for Humanity of Washington, D.C. and Northern Virginia. Kat, thanks so much for joining today.
4: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Really excited.
0: Good, good. Likewise. So I already said your name and title, but what else can you tell us about who you are and what you do?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I have been with Habitat DC Nova, which is our short condensed name for those who don't like a mouthful, uh, for about five years now. Um, started here in 2018 when I moved to the DC area. Um, But I actually have worked previously with another smaller habitat in Pennsylvania, where I'm from, um, for also about five years. So I'm coming up on a decade of being in the habitat world, which is very special, kind of terrifying to quantify it in that way, Um, but really great. Um, I have worked pretty exclusively on the fundraising side, fundraising and marketing side of things, Um, which I feel very fortunate to do. Um, A lot of people think fundraisers are gross and schmoozy, but I actually really love doing it because it feels important to garner resources for something I care about. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania, Lancaster. Um, Scott made an Amish joke earlier and that hit home particularly (laughs) for me. Uh Uh-oh.
0: Hope hope, none of the the Amish out there hear that. Otherwise- Well, they mm-hmm. might get busted for breaking the Amish rules, I guess. If they did you yeah. have to
2: keep an Amish woman happy?
0: Oh boy. Uh-oh, I don't know boy. if I want to know.
2: Two men a night. Okay, oh
0: man. Oh. Oh, <laughs> all right. All right. This is all this is already going very well. Uh thanks, God. All right.
4: All right. Um But yeah, so I moved down here um, after school. I've been working here for about five years and I absolutely love it. I'm really dedicated to the mission. Um, My mom actually worked for the Habitat in my hometown for a long time when I was growing up. So the running joke in our family is that someone at all times has to be working for Habitat. um, And I am the one to carry that torch right now. And I love it. And it's an honor.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So... uh... What programs does Habitat for Humanity cover? I I know that Habitat for Humanity is huge. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are many uh, parts of it, uh, many local affiliates. Uh, I know for me, when I think of Habitat for Humanity, I think of uh, disaster relief on a big scale. Um, But I know you also do lots of stuff with housing equity. So what are your programs?
4: Yeah, so... The structure of Habitat is, um, like you mentioned, an affiliate structure. So we have Habitat for Humanity International, which operates in 70 countries worldwide, and they have uh, program offices in those countries. Here in the U.S., we have, you know, thousands of affiliates um, who are serving local communities with specific geographic borders. So we serve, um, our affiliate is the D.C. and Northern Virginia affiliate. So we serve the district, and then we serve Um, the Northern Virginia counties of Arlington, Fairfax, um, and then Alexandria and the city of Falls Church and city of Fairfax. So we are home building locally here. Um, A lot of folks think that Habitat just builds homes and gives them away for free. We don't do that. Um, We sell them at affordable mortgage rates to uh, local families with low and moderate incomes. Um, And then You know, we have expanded our mission to do a couple more programs as well, um, because when we have such a tight geographic area, you sort of run out of land at some point. (laughs) And we have definitely been out of land in DC for a good long while. Uh, So we've also expanded into home repair. Um, So that is serving seniors and adults with disabilities who qualify as low income. And that's been really great because home preservation and making sure that we're taking care of houses that we have already and helping people stay in their homes where they feel safe and where they belong and in their communities of support is really, really important to community stabilization and just to making sure that um, people are cared for in ways that make sense. So we're really excited to be moving beyond home building and looking into more innovative opportunities as well.
0: Awesome. That's a lot. That, yeah. that is a, a whole lot of stuff that you guys do. All right. Well, Scott, Laura, do you all have any questions?
2: Mm. Dive right in, Laura. Laura's had some great
4: ones.
3: Oh, yeah. We're all going to ask them. Yeah. Uh, but how do you decide which families receive homes and which ones don't is there sort of some like hunger games style competition Mm -hmm. that we're not aware of That's a good question um
4: no uh thanks to fair housing law um you i guess we could say that the federal government is sort of instigating its own hunger games but habitat tries not to um so the way that our program works is you can apply to specific homes that we have coming up on the market, but we sort of pre-screen you before you can apply directly for a house um, to make sure that you qualify for our general program guidelines. Um, The three big things that we look for are, um, you have to be income qualified. So you have to be making 80% or less of area median income for our area. And that is the federal guideline uh, for poverty. And um, the second is demonstrated need for housing. So that could be you're paying more than 30% of your income uh, towards your housing, which almost everyone that we know at all income levels is typically doing that. Um, Or you might be in an overcrowded situation. You might be in a house that has an infestation of some kind, mold, anything like that. Um, I will say we usually get folks who meet all of the above. We don't really get people who just have one need. Um, A lot of them are paying more than half or a third of their income. They are families of three, four, five living in studio and one bedroom apartments. And most of them have a mold or a pest issue of some variety. So um, the demonstrating need is more of a formality. Pretty much everyone that comes to Habitat at some point is in need. Uh, and then the final thing is a willingness to partner with us. Um, we operate on a model of uh, our program participants also volunteer back into the community. So they can either volunteer with Habitat, building the homes of their neighbors and themselves, or they can be you know, doing other volunteer work in the community. So once you've met those three things, you can do an information session with us, decide if you like the homes that we have online. And then it's really just a, a first past the post um, application system we are governed by fair housing law. So um we get you know tons of interest uh but we also try to prepare people to apply for any housing program in the area so that they're not you know we don't have a hundred people you know looking for three habitat homes we try to keep keep them in touch with whatever is available to them. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah
3: Um, I'll I'll kick it over to you.
4: I actually,
0: I have a follow up question, real quick. Um, there's a gopher that lives in my backyard. If that gopher were to break into my house and it have some gopher babies, would I qualify for
4: affordable housing? Probably, I oh, would wow. think so. Huh. I mean, unless you have like some sort of like tenant agreement with the gopher, okay. like maybe I don't that might be, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if the gopher is just like stashing its babies in your house, all like, right. that kind of sounds like if a problem. If someone just
0: accidentally left the door open and uh, uh, gave, uh, provided a little uh, breeding nest. Okay, great. Good to know. Just uh, just curious. Um, well, there you right. make
4: it sound like it's like a, like a vampire invitation. <laughs> like the gopher can only come <laughs> in if you're like leaving the door open for it and sort of signaling that it's welcome. So I don't know. We might have to look at that kind of closely. Yeah. Okay.
1: Case and vampires
4: and gophers are
3: also very stringent on grammar. So it's not, can I come in? It's, may, may I come in, right? right. The English teacher uh, in you comes out yeah. as you guard from those mm-hmm. pests mm-hmm. and sparkly,
4: I guess now, vampires. Yeah. I think it's, um, do you guys ever read banicula in elementary school? Yes. <laughs> no? Oh, my gosh. I was going to be really sad if no one knew what that was. It's about a vampire bunny, Um, and now I'm I'm picturing vampire gophers um, just, like, waiting to infest your house.
0: (laughs) They're out there. Cute. Uh, That's great. I love that that was required reading in middle school, Vampire Bunny. It's nice. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Scott, what do you got?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, chat, GPT AI, it's big in the news lately. Wondering how this affects, you know, habitat, like... Does Habitat Humanity, you know, plan to deal with the threat of robot overlords who, they don't need
4: houses? Um, That's a really good question. I think that we're already, like, I would like someone to explain the difference to me between a robot overlord and a regular landlord. um, because, (laughs) uh, Because... I think that that's our, you know, I don't know how that problem could get worse at this point. <laughs> um, so, I mean, unless the the robot overlords are like, you know, the AI is writing all of the lease agreements um, on the back end and like standardizing that process and really making it awful for tenants, but um, I don't think that we are um, too aptly prepared for that next development, but I'm going to put it on our radar, our program team's radar now and be like, do we have a special clause?
2: Yeah. Well, so we can kind of agree that uh, AI might have more ethics and morals, at least the chat GPT format than some landlords. Well, this is the
4: benefit of machine learning, right? Like if we get the right person to teach the AI how to do housing, then maybe it'll be okay. Right on. One would hope. One would hope.
0: Nice. I, um, sorry, I'm going off script again. I, so I am a landlord and, uh, I Ooh. do not want to be a jerk. Exactly. You know, so, so I said that the other day, In fairness, I, was, I opened
4: that can of worms. <laughs> yeah, you
0: did. You sure did. Anna gophers and worms. Yeah. So I was hosting a show, uh, for the green new housing deal the other day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mentioned that, did not read the room. I mentioned it. I was not expecting a room full of booze. I, I, it's a joke. I do all the time. I've been doing it for years and it was like hard booze. And I was like, you know, I, I kind of walked into that. I, I deserve that, I guess, but how can I be a good landlord? What are some best practices you could like succinct practices that I could do? Cause I don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, I do want some supplemental income though, uh, because mortgage is expensive and I do have a separate unit. So what would you recommend high level?
4: Um, Well, I can only speak like with my, you know, with my cat hat on, not necessarily my habitat hat, but um, with my cat hat on, I would say if I were to be a landlord at any point, I probably would try... To honestly minimize my profit. Um, so, like, if I have a, a mortgage that's going to cost me $1,100 a month, I don't think that I would feel comfortable charging someone more than maybe like 13, 14, maybe 15, um, and really minimize that. Like, and I think we all know, whether we say it or not, the the actual human experiential value of a space versus the market value of a space, right? Like I recently moved into a one bedroom unit with my partner. I was living in a studio in Southwest DC beforehand, and I was paying 1650 for a 400 square foot studio. And I think we all know from being human beings that that's not a commensurate, you know, or commensurate, uh, you know cost of living to what you're getting out of the space but we've been conditioned to think it so I think that I would just if I were to own property be constantly challenging myself on am I providing a human experience that is reasonably associated with the reality of this living situation but I will also say like this is like you know not in the not all men way, but like not all landlords are bad people. and we've also been Thank and, and the, the the habitat model falls into we are getting people into home ownership, right? Like we also understand the very real value of owning property. Um, but we try as as a seller to like we minimize or we lose money. Um, and I have mm-hmm. to fundraise the difference, you know? so it's it's an interesting tension between an ideal world where land ownership, property ownership is not someone else's expense versus the reality of like, this is how people build wealth and stability is through Mm. property, you know, property ownership. So I think that that's a tension that's going to play out in like a a Marx-Engels theater somewhere. I don't, you know, Mm. not really my, (laughs) my bailiwick, but I think you just... You have to go into it being as informed as you can about the experience you're providing.
1: Hey, Snoop Dogg. I'm so honored to be a musical guest on the Grass Guest Podcast.
2: Could you belt out like a little freestyle rap covering MC Hammers, Can't Touch This, but do it in the style of like for Habitat for Manity?
1: For Shizzle. All right, stop it and listen. Habitat for Humanities in the Mission, building houses for those in need, using hammers and nails, they take the lead, Will it ever stop, no, I hope not, Habitat's building, and it's hitting the spot, working hard to build communities, providing homes and opportunities, of course, Habitat time, building time, everybody's working together, Habitat time, building time, come on, let's build some homes forever, grab a hammer and get to work, building houses, never a quarter. Volunteers from far and wide, building homes side by side. Habitat for humanity, a global force. Building homes, changing lives, staying the course. Building strength, stability, and self-alignment. Habitat's vision is hard, and it's guiding. Of course, Habitat time, building time. Everybody's working together. Habitat time, building time. Come on, let's build some homes forever. It's not just about building homes. It's about building futures and dreams and home. Habitats making a difference. One home at a time. Giving families a chance to thrive. So let's keep building. And let's keep getting. Together we can make a world worth living. Habitat for humanity. It's time to shout. Building home, Changing lives. One family at a time. Of course. Habitat time. Building time. Everybody's working together. Habitat time. Building time. Come on, let's build some home forever.
2: Okay, so Dog, uh, that's enough. Thanks for stopping by. For shizzle. See you in our Pilates class. For Schism. Is that the only thing you can say? For Schism. Are you AI generated? For Schism. I thought so. Today's show is sponsored by the new NBC reality show, Nail It or Fail It, a home improvement show where contestants compete to see who can build the best Habitat for Humanity house. But there's a catch. In this show, teams of completely unskilled builders and wacky volunteers work together to build a Habitat for Humanity house from the ground up, using only their improvisation skills. They are not allowed to use hammers or typical construction tools. They must forage for rocks or logs to use as tools. We don't know what will happen
0: next. Landlord as a term. Are we, how long are we going to hang on to that for? That's a weird and creepy term. Lord of the land. Like that, that's, that's, so weird. that's what people call me. It's so like, I am 40 years old and I still am on a family plan for my cell phone that my parents pay for. <laughs> I'm barely a sir, let alone a Lord, right? Like, do, do you have any insight on that? Are are we working on marketing branding? Because may, maybe that's part of it. You know, I'm the landlord. Like you're an asshole, <laughs> lord, right? Like automatically. <laughs> also, it's it's,
3: we also elevate that when you're a slum lord, right? Yeah. You're not it, it, sure. We added slum, but lord, we're still elevating. I don't. Mm.
0: We haven't had a monarchy since well, ever really. So why? Uh, why?
4: I you don't know. I don't know, don't know, I don't know, know why, why it's that. persisted. Okay. I don't. I do. I do worry. Like if landlords get really hip to the marketing of that name, like, like, how might that affect tenants? I don't know. Um, but it is a weird vestige that we carry mm-hmm. with yeah. us. Um, and what about I mean, like I house think,
0: house, pal, house pal house pal who you pay
4: house for boss. Rent.
0: Uh, eh, bosses. No. House pier. Rentier. Oh yeah. Make it French.
2: Yeah. yeah. La la.
0: Rentier. Rentier. No, uh, <laughs> okay. We're on the right track. All,
3: All right. right. We're getting some. Um, Thanks. this is, this is taking a left turn, but do you ever get bored of building houses? Have you ever considered branching out into other forms of construction, like say roller coasters or giant marble statues of celebrities
4: i think that that would be a welcome reprieve for our construction folks if they could do it um building especially in our area is it kind of feels like you're constructing a roller coaster but like the land that they gave you to build the roller coaster is like an active sinkhole and everyone but you knows it um, so it's, and it's kind like, of
0: already a roller coaster in a way.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Very, like I think so. Our last project, our last project that we completed um, was a piece of land that we acquired through a partnership and it was, had been vacant for a very long time and you looked at it and you were like, okay, the grade off the back is like a 24 foot drop. What are we going to do with that? Um, maybe we'll do some fancy basements. I don't know. And then we broke into the land and there was an oil tank in the middle of the whole thing. And so you really, you don't know what you're going to get at any point. Um, and it fe- it does feel like a roller coaster in that way. But I'm sure our construction guys are, um, and Lady, we have uh, one of our directors of construction is a woman and she's awesome. She's holding her own in the industry. Um they, I think that they, if they have to problem solve as much as they do, I'm sure that they would rather be like building a statue out of marble of Jimmy Carter than, um, you know, doing all the same stuff that they run into now.
0: All right. Thanks for that. Scott, you so, got anything?
4: Yeah. You know what? I actually took a moment
2: to ask Chat GPT. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah. Where, where uh, would you uh, like the... to
0: live? What would you like your house to look like?
2: What? what how would you be a slumlord? Oh boy! And oh I'm no! Sorry, but I cannot chat GPT say? Huh? What did chat GPT say? I'm sorry, but I cannot provide instructions on how to be a slumlord, or any other activity that is unethical, illegal, or harmful to others. Mm. Being a slumlord is a violation of basic human rights, and involves exploiting vulnerable people who may not have mm. access to safe and decent housing options. Instead of learning how to be a slumlord, we should focus on ways to improve living conditions for everyone, such as supporting affordable housing initiatives mm. and advocating for tenant rights. This works towards creating a world where everyone has access to safe and healthy living spaces. Should Boom. we
0: just be interviewing Chad GBT for this entire thing? No, no <laughs> offense, Kat, but that was salute. pretty... I'm that was like. Off- it was pretty succinct. Like it yeah. was pretty <laughs> <laughs> accurate and succinct. And uh, oh, uh, it just it yeah. sounded like the correct answer.
4: Anyway. And it went ethically. It said, don't do it. And we, as yeah. like, you do get it, it, it off it. the bat, should we ask it to rename landlords and see what options it gives us?
2: Mm. <laughs> yes. I already did that.
4: And it said, don't. Okay. Uh,
2: it said, I had, to, it didn't want to answer it. But then I'm like, okay, okay. Finally, I came up with. I didn't want to say I'm like funny alternative names for landlord. And so, like, I'm apologize. It's an AI language model. It's not appropriate for me to generate humorous alternative names for landlord or any other serious matter related to housing or tenancy. Okay, so I rephrased it amusing names for landlord. (laughs) While it's important to maintain respect for landlords as providers of essential service, here are some playful and lighthearted names you might use in casual or humorous uh, settings. You guys want to hear
0: some of them? Yeah, yeah yes. Scott, yes. Okay. Please. <laughs> Web collector.
2: Key master. Property overload. Overlord. Property
4: overlord. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, these sound way better. Anything yeah. with like overlord and master, that's right. that's the direction we want to go in. To <laughs> yeah, make, uh, definitely.
2: Um, <laughs> um, ruler of the roost, Master of the Banner. Dwelling dictator, I like that one. Yeah, dictator, dictator. great. That's a word we
1: were yep. missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yep. House honcho.
0: House honcho. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah. let's just go that's with fun. that one. Yeah, maybe. that's
4: more in your pal vein. That's yeah. yeah kind of really? Direction. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Home czar. Czar yeah. is also kind of like lordy. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Tenant tamer. I don't want
0: to be a. That sounds like lion tamer. It makes it yeah, seem we'll like you're like a circus. like a zoo <laughs> animal. Yeah, I don't.
2: Here's a That's ball. Yard. Go go fix the house yourself. Um
3: and the last one is Shelter Shogun.
0: Hmm, Shogun.
3: Yeah. I think Chat has a few more ways to go in terms of ethics and morals and mm-hmm. um language yeah. and yeah. language friendliness.
0: But it's Uh, helping with the creative brainstorm. Uh, That just made me think of Shelter Sherpa, um, (laughs) which I like a lot.
4: Well, I do think that we should be giving ChatGPT bonus points for the multiculturalism of those answers. They really tried to hit the gamut of options here.
0: Yeah. Alcianda, honcho. Have you ever built a house that turned out to be haunted? If so, did you call Ghostbusters or just let the ghosts have it?
4: Um I find it hard to believe that there are no haunted habitat houses. Mm-hmm. No one's told me about them, but I think that's because I'm the marketing person and I would tell them it wasn't real anyway. Mm-hmm. So um I'm sure that I'm sure that it exists. I don't know if we have the, the discretionary funding to hire Ghostbusters. So maybe if there's a donor out there who wants to like set aside a Ghostbusters fund for us, just in case, um, if anyone listening <laughs> is is willing to help for that cause. Um, but I have not heard any of the reports. Doesn't mean that the, there aren't any, I'm sure there sure. are.
0: Sure, sure. Well, I I hope they're there and I hope they're equitable. Maybe they can bring a little more diversity into the ghost space, you know.
4: As long as none of them were landlords, I think I sure. think it's probably good.
0: <laughs> but maybe, maybe their house their what uh sh- housing Sherpas? Tenant Tamers. Tenant no tenant not tamers. Not tamers. Um yeah, anyway, we'll work on that.
3: I think we I I don't wanna steer us towards the the final questions but how can listeners learn more about Habitat for Humanity and get involved in their local community?
4: Yeah, so we always encourage folks, um, if you're here in the D.C. and Northern Virginia area, um, you can go straight to our website, which is habitatdcnova.org. And we have really great resources to reach out to all of our staff members, um, but also to learn about how to become a volunteer on our construction sites, in our office, or in our restores, um how to make a gift to a project uh, if you you know if if the physical houses are important to you and you want to support that um and also all of the ways in which you can apply for our programs whether it be home ownership or home repair um but I always let people know that um every every intent to work with Habitat and to do affordable housing is beneficial to us whether that turns into a volunteer hour or a donation or otherwise Um, one of our biggest goals and why i'm proud to work for a habitat affiliate was to really elevate housing to a you know primary community issue um i and everyone that i work with we firmly believe that housing is the foundation for every other social outcome so when folks Um, choose to volunteer or choose to donate or just choose to learn more about housing in their community through um, online resources, through us, through uh, town halls, what have you, that's an important means of being involved. Um, So we're always happy to be a resource to people and um, welcome anyone to reach out to us through our website. If you're in another community, you can always go to habitat.org and look up your local affiliate. Um, And they will link you straight over and get you connected with them so you can become involved locally. Awesome. And our cash donations, are those tax deductible? They are, yes. Um, Yes. Cash, in-kind, pretty much every donation is tax deductible. Uh, We work with folks to make sure that they get the fullest deduction per the law.
0: Excellent. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks for that. Uh, Random question. I don't know if this will make it to the recording but um why does no one ever talk about southern virginia you all are you're you're the northern virginia branch is there a habitat for humanity sova is that a thing
4: there is not a a sova but there are Mm -hmm. upwards of 40 habitats in the state of virginia Um, i was actually just at a conference last week uh, or two weeks ago for all of the virginia affiliates and um there are you know metropolitan ones similar to us uh richmond area charlottesville area and then there are some that serve much more localized not necessarily smaller communities but they're just smaller affiliates um and they're all you know building houses actively and, and inspiring that same work in their communities so we are um We actually, we used to be two different habitats. So Mm -hmm. in 2022, we merged and became one. We were DC Habitat and Nova Habitat. Um, But it was just more, you know, COVID, I think COVID showed everyone that there are ways to streamline um, and that having that impact and and streamlining our resources was more important than the ego of being the people to do it in our hometown. So Mm -hmm. we decided to merge, which was great um we've you know it's been a year since that merger and it's been nothing but awesome for our staff we've been able to build more build a bigger pipeline uh nice. we're ramping up our home repair so yeah we are we're ha- we're DC Nova now but um started a lot smaller and more local than that so it's been it's been a cool growth
0: awesome awesome good to hear it yeah I feel like uh yeah a little little ego Coming to your turns with Ego is, is really never been anything but helpful. That's great.
2: Yeah, I do minimum 30-day rentals on Airbnb, mm-hmm. so I don't feel bad about it. But the idea is that basically, does it take market, does it take units off? Does it contribute to the housing shortage, basically?
4: I mean, I think the literature and folks who work in the space would say yes. I know that I've been talking a lot of smack about landlords, but um, I will also say, you know, a a big point of advocacy from Habitat's perspective is improving housing choice and, and options for people. And there are endless options that feel right for anyone at any given time. So having rental options is really important for folks who are at an income in a place in their life where they want to rent. Having a 30-day Airbnb opportunity is important for people who need that sort of specificity in what they're trying to do. I know, you know, when I graduated college and people were figuring out where they wanted to live or all of that, having a a short-term rental opportunity was crucial for them. Um, And so I think that every you know at every point of the housing spectrum there is something important that serves someone and you know we focus on home ownership for our particular reasons of you know building wealth and home equity and those things but every option is important i think all of it needs to happen in moderation right and we need to be cognizant of how we regulate those things but none of the options by themselves are really the problem it's it's how they interplay with each other and how we choose to regulate that system so i don't think that there's an issue with the concept of airbnb i do think that there is incentives in cities like ours to buy up property just to airbnb it and i don't know if that's the best and highest use of all the property um so in moderation totally but if you know every the majority of rental units become Airbnb short-terms. I don't know if that's really serving
2: yeah. the community.
4: So I think that, you know, w- with all things, housing is so complex. Um, and so having just thoughtful approaches is nine-tenths of the problem. Right on. Makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, quick business idea. Uh, renting out the Habitat for Humanity homes as Airbnbs when they're not being used to uh, wealthy gentrifiers. Uh, for a lot of money and then using that money to build more affordable housing what do you think
4: you know have i that. would i would like to believe that that would work wouldn't it be great if we could sort of have like a a, a boutique habitat
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah
4: um so. but i have a sneaking suspicion that the maintenance cost might outweigh the profit on that one um and i don't know about you guys but if i were buying a home that was supposedly just built, I would not want to know if someone had been using my dishwasher and my washing machine and my toilet for a couple months before I before I bought a home that was brand new. Yeah,
0: maybe. But yeah. if that home was nicer because of the supplemental income that you gained from it, it's like, yeah, okay. This has been used. This toilet's been used, but it's also a toilet made of gold. So yeah. that's
3: <laughs> nice. Um,
0: and gently used. Gently used and it's got a bidet. I mean, do you all think it's time for our segment? All right. All
3: right. Well, this is a audio podcast. There is no video element of this for our listeners, which is pretty much a bummer because we have um, three celebrity or, you know, notable uh, spokespeople who who want to audition to be the habitat for humanity spokesperson right. uh, spokesperson for for 2023 um and so what we'd ask you to do cat is um is be the judge and at the end of this you get to pick who would be um who would be the spokesperson who who'd win and we know you have to run it up the ranks and deal all those things out on the on the celebrity side but um you know on on that note I would like to uh, introduce our first, our first uh, celebrity spokesperson audition, which is
4: <clears throat> Jennifer Coolidge. Um, Honored. Oh wow! Hi, hi, Kat.
3: When I think about humanity, I just think everybody should have a habitat and maybe a hot dog. Wow. Thanks. Thanks Jennifer. Um, I think we have one more, uh, maybe even two more people who, who are going to audition to be the spokesperson. Uh, is that Jimmy over there? Is
2: that- uh, 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 shush. Uh, I made it Ma. top of the world. I'm on uh, Jimmy Stewart here on a podcast, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart, everybody. Yeah. Uh, every time a bell rings an angel gets its wings, so, Kat, if you hire me to be the spokesperson for Habitat for Humanity, you get your wings.
4: I will I will think long and hard on that one. I don't know about giving the job to Jimmy. Wow. I, 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 I'm
0: here too. Uh this is Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow. Look, you know, you know they say that we only use 10% of our brains? Well, I think we. Only use 10% of our hearts. Wow. Wow. So, so as the as the new director and leader of Habitat for Humanity, I'll make sure everybody uses their hearts to the fullest degree so we can all live in harmony with Mother Gaia. Wow. All right. Thank
3: you, Owen Wilson. Thank you, Jennifer Coolidge. Thank you, Jimmy Stewart. I mean, thank all of us.
0: Thank the earth. Thank the trees. Thank the wind. (laughs) Uh, It's like we're all spinning around. Going oh, so everything's interconnected. Wow, I, I get dizzy I need just to
3: thinking about my it.
2: medication. And, and thanks for speaking with dizzy. I I came back from the dead to be on this show via seance, and this is just amazing. To technology, <laughs> I'd say these other two are probably better candidates than me. Frankly, I
3: I'm not alive. So, so Kat, it comes down to your decision. Uh, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people's hopes and dreams. Uh, who, who would you like to be, you know,
4: initially the, the spokesperson for Habitat for Humanity? Oh, I mean, it's so difficult to judge three incredible honorees. How I even found myself in this position, I don't know. Um, but I think if I had to choose I would love to welcome Jennifer Coolidge to the team. I just wow. feel like wow. there are so many great co-marketing and co-branding opportunities um, for it's Jennifer to help elevate us.
3: <laughs> it's definitely uh, different than the White Lotus,
4: but I, I feel sh- it's such an honor. Wow. Thank, thank yeah. you. And I'm sure that there are lots of hot dog handing out jobs that we can have at our events if, if you're down for that. <laughs> uh,
3: it I'd makes me like feel like the goddamn Fourth of July when I build yeah. a house. Gosh, wow. hot dogs. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Kat. That uh, that concludes that segment and our our Q and A.
0: Incredible.
3: Well, thank yeah. you guys.
0: Yeah, I don't know how we were able to lock all, all three of those folks down, but uh, you know, here, here at the GrassCast, um, we have reach. Let's just say that much. I'm a landlord after all. Well, I think that is a wrap, everybody. Thank you all so much, Cat. Thank you so much for your time. That's our show, everybody. Special thanks to Cat Shop the Vice President of Development for Habitat for Humanity of Washington, D.C. and Northern Virginia. Yes, that is the entire name. Uh, Try saying that three times fast, huh? I would myself, but we don't have time. Check them out at habitatdcnova.org. Also, a special thank you to our co-hosts, Scott Bandour and Laura Francisi, holding it down for today's episode, as always. Also, a big shout out to Next Chapter Podcast for producing this episode. And thank you to you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review The Grasscast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. It's really important for bringing visibility to the show and helping people learn about us and the work that we do. As far as updates, we have shows. We always have shows. Our next big show is on May 23rd. It is our comedy show for climate justice at The Outrage in downtown Washington, DC. I should also mention we are a nonprofit now and we are still expanding our efforts to use comedy to educate and engage on causes in a time of need. With that, we are still looking for staff, board members, and volunteers. For information on our expansion, forthcoming programs, how to get involved, and the opportunity to donate, yes, you can do that too, please go to grassrootscomedy.org. Until next time, this has been The Grass